0: Hello and welcome to another episode of bringing the Podcasts. as always I'm your host Luke Thompson and we're getting ready for the Sugar Bowl Kansas State and Alabama Drew Schneider is here with me Drew
2: how are you doing good man living the life
0: yeah and we are happy to have on Eric Evans the second command at espionations roll band roll Eric how are you doing today
1: I'm doing well are you guys having a good holiday
0: yeah yeah it's been going pretty well I got a chance to go to the Chiefs game and other than the bitter cold it was a good time Got to see Patrick Mahomes do his thing. So,
2: yeah, we're just sort of wrapping up ours here. Been a couple days in Knoxville, and then uh, I'm in uh, Columbia, South Carolina now. So I'm just basically uh, visiting SEC locations, I guess.
0: (laughs) Well, Eric, looking ahead to the game, um, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of people were surprised by, myself included, was that Alabama seems to be, you know, taking this. Pretty seriously, no opt outs. You know, even Bryce Young and Will Anderson are, are going to stick around and play. Uh, you know, we, we know this means a lot to, to Kansas State and it's big for Kansas State fans. Alabama fans, maybe this is not exactly where they expect it to be at the start of the year. But, you know, just how, how much does this mean to Alabama and their players? Well, I
1: I think the rank and file dumps may not be taking it as seriously. I do um, data analytics for the site and do yeah. our, our blog poll based on that. I've had. Kansas State pretty consistently in the top nine all year. In terms of efficiency, they're you know, they are number nine at the end of the year. They don't rank below fourteenth in any single analytical category. It's a solid team, even when adjusted for opponent efficiency. And Alabama's had a really good track record with no opt-outs. We've had two players opt out over the last four years, and both of those were guys coming off of serious injury history. And so you, know, you couldn't blame someone like you know, Terrell Hall, who had lost you know, two and a half years to injuries for sitting out a bowl game. But I was surprised that Will Anderson played in particular. Best player in the country, has been for two years, you know, repeat defensive Heisman. He had the most decorated, trophy-wise, season for a defender in modern history. He has nothing else to prove. Bryce Young doesn't surprise me quite as much. He suffered an injury in the Arkansas game. And the last six or seven games he's been really ragged. It's, you know, kind of touch and go. You can tell he still doesn't quite trust his shoulder. So I think he's trying to put aside, you know, get some final good tape with a rested arm before he goes to the draft. But I mean it's still and he was still a top five pick anyway, but I think he's just trying to put that to bed. But yeah, the the players seem to be taking it very, very seriously.
0: Yeah, so more more Kansas in the Liberty Bowl than Florida in the Las Vegas Bowl, definitely, from the Alabama perspective. But yeah, and I've seen Young at the top of some uh, mock drafts even. So, and I thought so. It was really weird last night. Uh, hopefully, you can you can put this to bed because it, it was the first time I'd heard about it. But anybody saying this, and it seems kind of ridiculous, but during the Oklahoma State game, some of the announcers were suggesting that. You know, Bryce Young and Will Anderson would maybe just play like a couple possessions. You know, play two or three series and, and then be done. Is there any chance that happens? Do you think?
1: You know, it, it's always possible. You know, from what I've been seeing in practice reports, our backup quarterback Jalen Noro's been actually taking snaps at wide receiver, and some of the new guys like Justice Haynes have been getting a look at running back. So, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they, you know, start playing for next year. But at the same time, I mean, if it's a competitive game and this team's four points from, you know, being in the playoffs, they very well may have an ax to grind. And we've seen that happen, you know, before when they come up just short and then stomp a mud hole and someone comes to bowl season. It looks more like that kind of year than one where they're not taking it very seriously. So if they play, I would expect them to play until Alabama gets either a comfortable lead or they're so far behind that it doesn't make sense to endanger their career.
0: Yeah. It well, sure would be fun to see the latter, but <laughs> <we> don't, <laughs> don't expect that to happen. Yeah. So from the offensive perspective, you know, obviously Anderson is going to be a uh, main focus, you know, and I guess that maybe the first question to ask is how, how good is the rest of this defensive line? You know, how much can you afford to put extra focus and extra blockers on him and make the rest of the guys beat you
1: Alabama's problem if you want to attack the Crimson Tide and I think I was telling John this the other day the best way to do it is right up the middle right at the center you have guys like Byron Young who's made a lot of money this season he's doing really well at tackle but you know he's not an every down player you have the freshman Jay High who's very good but he's you know again not an every down player so if you can you know run some traps and get to the linebacking core, you can make hay. Because while Henry T may be there in position, he's not the strongest guy. He plays pretty light for his size. And teams that have been able to get to the linebacking core have been able to exploit him. I expect we'll see a lot of what we've seen before, which is a lot of jets and orbits to, to the weak side to get away from Will Anderson a lot of traps and pulling guards, just something to get to that, you know, that left side and some quick hitters, particularly up the middle. You want to get to these linebackers because Henry's not the best tackler, even if he's in space and Jalen Moody's physical, but he's not very smart. So (laughs) I, I expect, I expect everyone in Manhattan has been, you know, looking at particular the Ole Miss and LSU tape, which I think is probably the closest analog to what we'll see on Saturday.
0: Yeah. So Drew, from, you know, Colin Klein's point of view, ha- what kind of game plan would you have? You know, how much are you willing to send Deuce stuff the middle where, you know, he certainly can be effective, but maybe not necessarily his strength. Well. Yeah. Right. And you know, I mean,
1: oh, yeah.
2: Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to jump in real quick and say that. Yeah. Like, I, I like what I'm sort of hearing from Colin Klein's perspective because that's really what Kansas State does with their offensive line is they do a really good job of pulling guards and climbing up and finding linebackers, and that really sort of separates them. You know, I I write for three different teams: Clemson and Purdue and Kansas State, and looking at the film between those three teams, Kansas State by far gets to the line that second level better than. You know, any of those teams that I cover and and more than most teams I see on film, you know, they pull their center a lot and you don't see that a lot, but he'll he'll pull out and lead. What Kansas State struggles with is obviously teams that just penetrate into the backfield because a lot of their run game is on the slower variety where it takes a second. And, you know, Deuce has to wait for that beat before he sort of jumps in behind those pulling guards or the pulling center. And so that's sort of been the tr- trouble. And obviously, Will Anderson is going to just live in the backfield. So that's going to be the main issue that, that Kansas State has to solve. But um, I like Kansas State's run game in this game to look better than a lot of run games look against Alabama just because of the way they run, like to run the ball.
1: It's, it's a good matchup for Kansas State, especially you know if they do some quick hitters. And get up there. The last thing you want to do is, you know, do something that's beyond a three step drop. Will Anderson led the country in quarterback hits, quarterback hurries, quarterback pressures. He had a quote bad year with ten and a half sacks and faced just three hundred and fifty two passing attempts. That means on a third of every drop back, Will Anderson was in the backfield, hitting the quarterback. I mean, that's that's not something, you know, that you necessarily want to get into. I think, you know really establishing the line of scrimmage and punishing the linebackers is how Kansas state's going to win this game.
2: Yeah. And I I think you're going to see Kansas state use more two back in this game. I think you're going to see DJ Giddens do a good bit of the, some of the heavy lifting between the tackles Mm -hmm. as a, you know, obviously a huge difference. The dude's a monster and, you know, Deuce is tiny, but, I think you'll see some two back where they flex out Vaughn to try to pull out linebacker out of the box or the safety out of the box and then pound Giddens between the tackles because he's, I mean, just really shocking what he's been able to do and how good he's looked this year as a guy that was sort of an afterthought in the recruiting class. Man, you sort of hear the coaches talking him up in the preseason, and when he gets the ball, he runs hard and angry, and he's got probably better long speed than Deuce. So I think you'll see some of the two back from Kansas State in this game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how they do. And, you know, you always talk about Deuce being so short, and sometimes it's it's hard for the linebackers to find him. So if you haven't seen a guy like that before, it can be difficult too. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as, yeah, Bama's run defense, though, I mean, you mentioned that LSU and Ole Miss games and then, you know, against Auburn in their last game, they gave up more than 300 rushing yards. I mean, those are all in November. Is that just a result of, you know, teams seeing that weakness and doing more to exploit it? Or did, did Bama's run defense, you know, become worse I, later in the year?
1: I think it's a couple of things. That team played with a hangover the last three games after yeah. they lost in Tennessee. It just was not the, the same team. They were I mean, really were hungover the rest of the season. And after the LSU game, they had actually done a good job bottling up LSU's running game until the fourth quarter. And then just the you know, the conditioning and a couple of missed tackles and a lot of really bad missed calls. Um, there were some pretty, pretty nasty holding on the last drive. I, one guy got tackled in front of <laughs> the official and the the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, I'm not blaming it on that. I mean, it shouldn't have never should have never gotten to that point. But you know, in the fourth quarter, once I started missing tackles of that game, they pretty much mailed it in. The rest of the year, it just did not look like the same team because they had you know been averaging like 2.86 yards per carry allowed until you get to the LSU game. Ole Miss was always going to be difficult. I mean. They're the sixth best rushing team in the country for a reason. I mean, they have to be. They don't have a passing game. Yeah. You know, so some of it's scheme, some of it's motivation, some of it was you know just simple execution errors, and that's been our problem the last two years. You can see where guys are in position and just not executing. This year, it's been on the defensive line, and sometimes it's an ex. You know, it's just a Jimmy and Joe issue, particularly if you can attack. Alabama to the strong safety position. We've got guys playing out of position all year. We have some misses at secondary. So that made <laughs> like our freshman safety, have to play a corner, and then make our, you know, dime back, become a starting free safety. It's just so uh, you, you really want to go after after the strong safety and some splits. Um, mm-hmm. teams have had success doing that all year.
0: Yeah, and as far as the passing game, though, I mean, other than the Tennessee game, the notable exception, the, the passing defense has been pretty solid. It seems like it kind of starts with Brian Branch, who's a guy that's able to play multiple positions. You know, is, is K-State going to be better off just trying to stay away from him, wherever he's at?
1: Yeah, the that star <laughs> position is all over the field. He's made a lot of money this year. But you really want to stay away from Kool-Aid. He is really aggressive and will take penalties but uh, he led the nation in effective coverage rate this year. There were entire games where he saw one or two passes. Um, wow. Since it's the, the Texas A&M game, for instance, there were three attempts his way. One was thrown out of bounds intentionally. One was a pass breakup, and the other one was a should have been interception, and they just didn't throw his way the rest of the game. He is – when you've got Will Anderson coming in from one side, hurry, throws, and you've got a lockdown corner on that side, that pretty much leaves you the middle. And so you've got to, you know, hit with quick slants, go after the safety, and try and stay away from Branch. That really is how you, how you beat Alabama. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, I have a quick question for you. Ben Sanat, the Kansas State tight end, has really sort of come into his own in the last sort of half mm-hmm. of the season and, and turned into one of the, if not the best, you Kansas know, State's biggest downfield threat. How have y'all been? I, I just haven't watched enough Bama closely enough to sort of how have y'all been at covering the tight end? Cause I think that's definitely in the middle of the field, getting up to that safety level, um, a, a spot where uh, maybe that Kansas state can attack.
1: The next time Alabama covers a tight end will be the first time. that they cover a tight end. It has always been a weakness under Nick Saban's defense. And with this, you know, two high quarters look, is particularly a problem. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you, you know, your Henry T is a, a really good in pass coverage. He's pretty solid there. But I mean a, again, it's always going to be a mismatch to have an effective tight end on the linebacker. And you know, DeMarco Hellens just is not a good enough coverage guy. He'd rather be in the box. So, I mean I I expect, you know, they see that as an area of mismatch too. That Pete Golding just does not scheme for tight ends well. If you go back and watch the Georgia tape, even when Alabama stomped Georgia in the SEC championship game last year, it wasn't because Brock Bowers didn't have a great game. He did. He had an outstanding game. And any sort of competent tight end is going to make hay on the scheme. That's just the nature of the beef. The calculation is you know, we try to funnel everything to the middle of the field and you know, with the personnel Alabama has this year, it's just not as effective as it should be.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it sounds like Kansas State might have some good matchups. Hopefully they can take advantage of. Um, let's talk a little bit about the other side of the ball first. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons.
0: So Alabama's offense, obviously it starts with Bryce Young. He was the Heisman last year. I think he was sixth in the voting this year. Uh, like you said, he's had the injury that's kind of affected him. I'm sure that's an issue. Uh, there's also, you know, not really the dominant receiver that you expect to see at, at Alabama that we've grown accustomed to seeing, you know, how much does that contribute to him just, just throwing the ball fewer times this year?
1: You know, he had a, he was really good at distributing the ball last year, too. I think we had 13 players with 10 or more catches. So he, he always does a good job at looking for other guys. But there is no true wide receiver one on the roster. You know, probably the closest is Ja'Cory Brooks. But, you know, and while Brooks has some talent, I, I don't think he's a true wide receiver one yet. He's going to have to grow into it. Burton's been, you know, I don't want to call him a bust. He's been a really effective red zone target. And when we just lost our third leading receiver to the transfer portal. I expect Willie hitting the portal pretty hard this year. and a, a recruiting emphasis for sure. But I don't want to call them just a guy because they're five-star just a guys. But for Alabama, they're just a guy. There's no one I think you trust when you have to have a catch this year. hmm
0: and then as far as the running game, you know, how, how do you expect the carries to be split between Jameer Gibbs and Jace McClellan?
1: It really is going to depend on, on the down and distance. Gibbs is not a physical guy. McClellan runs bigger than he is. And Roydell Williams is really the Alabama powerback. But when Gibbs is in the game, he just does so many different things. He's got, you know, that extra gear. He's a home run hitter and he's got outstanding hands. He actually is Alabama's leading receiver mm. in catches and second in yards, I think, and has seven or eight touchdown grabs too. Um, it's really dangerous when they spread you out, especially if they're just having success running the ball. I would expect probably we'll see what we tend to see. He'll get you know 15 to 17 touches you know, in, out of the backfield and probably you know, five, six attempts thrown his way in the passing game. I, they they want to get him the ball 20, 25 times a game. So I would expect yeah. to see that with McClellan getting, you know, 10 or 12 carries. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, Drew, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I've assumed that Kansas State studs like defensive back, Julius Prince, linebacker Daniel Green, and then defensive end Felix, Anudike, Uzama, are all going to see this as an opportunity to to really kind of boost their draft stock against, you know, one of the college football's elite teams. So of three, th- those three guys with the matchups – Eric, you know, which one are you most worried about?
1: You know, I, I honestly worry about the interior more than anything. The tackles are really good. Our tackles have been very good this year. But I'm worried about the interior a lot. One, it's Bryce Young is listed as six foot, he's not. He's probably a shade over five ten. I mean I've stood next to the man. Um, <laughs> and so he's he's literally Russ Wilson, writ small. You know, he's likes to go along the sidelines, likes to work the the go route and Seahawks, Russ Wilson,
0: it, or Broncos, Russ Wilson.
1: <laughs> oh, it, it depends on the game, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, just, it's just the way he plays. I mean, he's, he's a shorter guy and he can't see over the middle. And mm-hmm. so Alabama has been really susceptible to interior pressure. That's partially because of his height. He does a really good job finding throwing lanes, but if you're pressuring him up the middle and the coverage is locked down on the outside, you just have to pray he doesn't take off. So, the weakness of the line is, you know, again, it's, it's the same as the defense. The weakness is right up the middle. And it's weird to see an Alabama team that is, you know, kind of error prone and a bit softer right up the middle because that's normally where the strength is always locked. But I'm much more worried about what Kansas State is going to do with the interior. If you get pressure up the middle, and force him to get rid of the ball to the outside. It changes so much of this offense. And not for the good. Um, yeah. I, I think I think the tackles will hold up pretty well though. So
0: Drew, what's the best way then for Kansas State to take advantage of that weakness?
2: I mean, from my perspective, you've gotta you've gotta keep Bryce Young in the pocket. If Felix and, you know, whoever were coming off the other side, Mott or or Matlack, they can't get overly excited. And miss him because if you miss Bryce Young, it's a touchdown because he's going to, you know, either break out and find an open receiver or, you know, do the damage with his legs, but mostly just break out and just extend that play until he, he finds the guy that's, that, that's broken free. So I think Kansas State is going to have to be extremely disciplined in their path rush. That worries me a little bit, especially early in the game, because they're going to be amped up and ready to come after him. And Bryce just thrives on that where, you know, you've got the guy you, if they run run the defensive end behind him and he steps up and that side uh opens up, it's trouble for Kansas State. So that front three or four, however they they're gonna run it, they'll probably see a little bit of both, um, depending on what Alan Ben was doing in the run game, really gonna have to be disciplined on those edges and not let Bryce Young get outside. Um, like he was saying, the problem is for Alabama's up in the middle, and and Young sort of seeing that rush coming and seeing over that big interior line, and just really some of the pass rush is gonna just have to be just keep him there and make him sort of deliver from the pocket and get that interior push. One guy I'm really looking forward to seeing K-State's Clay Duke because he just hasn't been healthy all year, but I'm hearing he is healthy now, and so. You know he is a difference maker, athletically that we really haven't haven't got a chance to see at full speed. And I think he's a guy that's really going to come out and try to make a statement. And they're going to move him around. I expect to see him coming in on some twists or or just straight up blitzing, sort of putting him in that linebacker spot and letting him sort of try to get through up the middle while Mott and uh, Felix contain that edge. And then uh, in the secondary is good. Other than, you know, the safety spot, which is just we've had so many injuries. our Kansas State's had so many injuries that that is one place I look for Bill O'Brien to really try to put those safeties in conflict and look to get some one-on-one coverage where safety jumps up. And then they, they look to just beat him over the top because that's sort of been the uh, Achilles heel of this defense sort of down the stretch after Savage went down.
1: Mm -hmm. Josh Hayes is the one that worries me he's so incredibly active Um, he's good at playing in the box and you know even though he doesn't have you know great interception numbers he's making plays on the ball and I'm not I'm not exactly sure what that's a function of but I I think he can do some damage against you know the secondary receivers that are having problems getting separation so
0: Yeah. And Eric, I wonder, you know, Drew mentioned Bryce Young has the ability to scramble and run. You know, do you think he or, or the coaches will want him to be more careful, you know, given the situation of the draft coming up and to make sure he doesn't get hurt scrambling or anything like that?
1: But Bryce Young's always, he's the anti-Tua. Tua does not know how to take a hit. He, just, he does not know how to take a fall. And while they both keep their eyes up downfield looking to throw, Bryce runs strategically. He will skitter out of bounds. He'll you know, hit the dirt. He turtles really well. Uh, he has always protected himself. And he picks and chooses when to run. We don't have any design run packages for him. If you see Milrow in a quarterback, he's going to get the ball. Um, he will run. I mean, yeah. he should. I mean, he's, he's Jalen Hurts size. He's a monster. But no, I mean, I, I don't think that so. we'll, you know, they'll change the offense necessarily. And one, yeah. because he, is just, he doesn't take hard hits.
0: Okay. Well, before we get to the part where we ask you to make a prediction, I did want to ask you one other thing. You know, I know, Saban and his retirement gets talked about a lot, and he he's he's not stopping anytime soon. But my question is, Nick Saban is seventy-one. Will he last longer than Bill Snyder did? Bill Snyder retired at seventy-nine years old.
1: Um, you know, that's actually a pretty good age. Um, he just renewed through twenty. 20- I think 28 and that year we are going to West Virginia to play. And that's where he's from. Okay. I think, and I think that would be a very good valedictory for him because the season Notre Dame comes to town and Mm -hmm. he gets to go to West Virginia. I think that would be a realistic window. Now he has, Mm -hmm. he has no, no intention of retiring. I mean, you just saw the work he put on the recruiting trail. I mean, right. he's in fantastic shape. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right. So, Kansas State, Alabama Sugar Bowl, eleven o'clock Saturday. What, what's your prediction?
1: When I cranked the numbers on this, I got pretty close to what Vegas had. It started. It opened at three and a half, and I think I saw something mm-hmm. ridiculous, like six, like six points the other day, which is that's kind of disrespectful. I'm getting three point eight seven. Alabama, that's just a shade over a field goal, but just a 61% win probability. So it, it's closer to a toss-up than, than people think. But I think a field goal game is about right. Kansas State does a lot of things offensively that are going to give Alabama problems. And a lot of it is not necessarily scheme. It's just you know there's not a dominant inside linebacker that can you know, give the Wildcats trouble doing what they want to do. But at the same time, I I don't think that – I don't think Kansas State's defense is going to be able to pick all the poison that can be covered. If Jameer Gibbs especially gets off to a hot start, it's going to be a long day. So they they have to pick one. And if I had to pick one, I would pick Jameer Gibbs to stop on this offense first. And just you know, try and make Bryce beat you with his arm against his own. I don't think we've seen him you know just win a game completely by himself, except that bad Auburn team last year. So, mm-hmm. so I'll say Alabama about four. This would right. be like
0: 27-23. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Drew? Looks like the over/under, by the way, is fifty-six. So Vegas is expecting some points to be scored in this game.
2: Sure. So I I have Alabama probably twenty seven two and I think it's gonna come down. Can Kansas State find a way to score a non offensive touchdown? I, I think that's gonna. If they can't, I don't think they can win this game. But if they can find a way to generate, a, you know, a punt return, a kick return which is going to be tough, obviously, because most of those are going to go through the end zone. Or, you know, a scoop and score, a secondary. I think they're going to have to find a way, find seven points somewhere uh, along the game to win this game to sort of beat that number that, you know, we're talking about right now, crunch the numbers. It it looks like Alabama three to five points in, uh, I think the only way Kansas State sort of overcomes that is finding a score somewhere outside the offense so right now I, i've i'm you know i've been a clemson fan for too long to ever bet against alabama <laughs> um so I, I think it'll probably end up being 27 24 bama sort of pulls it out there in the fourth quarter and brights young polishes it off with a nice drive unless kansas state can find some points somewhere other than the offense
0: yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. It'd be a good time for a Philip Brooks punt return for sure. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Drew and Eric. Appreciate you guys coming on. Um people can yeah, obviously check out Roll Bam and then follow them on Twitter at RollBam Roll. And anything else that you want to promote, Eric?
1: No, that's it. Um thanks for having us and you guys have a very safe new year.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot.
1: So,